Bangarang Radio, Bangarang Radio, BangarangRadio.com. I'm going out, I gotta go, I'll Bangarang on the radio, so turn it up, I'm telling you, I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya, hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Man, December 8th already. I just can't believe how quickly this month is flying by. And I still got to do a ton of Christmas shopping, too. And maybe you do as well. So uh, if you want to hit up the Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast merch store, by all means, please buy something there. I know you got that crazy Pop Punk and Pizza addict in your life. So, And, and plus, on top of that, you uh, would be helping support the podcast as well. So go to poppunkpizzapod.com and hit up the merch store if you can afford something. And by the way, speaking of affording things, if you want to save a couple bucks, use that promo code POPPUNK when you get to checkout. Uh, Use that promo code POPPUNK to get $2 off your order. So uh, see what's in the merch store if there's anything there for you. Poppunkpizzapod.com. So I am really excited about this month because I've got the rest of the month all booked up with amazing episodes, at least what I think are amazing episodes, because I've actually, I actually have all of these recorded already. So I've had these conversations and they've been incredible. So besides today's episode, we have coming your way, December 10th, Drew Conti of I Call Fives. Then December 15th, we have Alex of Young Culture. I believe uh, Alex's last name is pronounced Magnin. So Alex Magnin of Young Culture on December 15th. Then December 17th, we have Eric and Vinny of the record label Lost Music Collective, which is probably one of my favorite episodes by far that I recorded this year. It's a really great one. Also, I catch up with my friends in Blueprint on December 22nd. And then on Christmas Eve, December 24th, we're going to have a Merry Pop Punk Miss where you and I hang out and we listen to punk, ska, pop punk Christmas songs, emo Christmas songs. They just kind of like throw the scene together and uh, just listen to all kinds of great punk uh, Christmas music. And then on December 31st, New Year's Eve, it'll be the top 10 episodes of 2020 of the podcast. I'm going to uh, figure out which episodes were listened to the most and then count those down and I'll share clips of of each episode. So that's kind of kind of going to be like you choosing that because it's I'm they're not my top 10 episodes it's the most listened to episodes so the episodes you've listened to the most so I'm really curious to see which ones are gonna end up being in the top 10 for this year so just want to give you a heads up that's what's uh coming your way for the rest of 2020 here on pop punk and pizza but today on the podcast we have Brenton Harris of Australian band Catholic Guilt 
And this is the second time this year I've talked to an Australian artist. Earlier this year in September, I got to talk to Bonnie Frazier of Stand Atlantic, and that was a lot of fun. And Brenton, talking to Brenton was a ton of fun too. And actually, I think I enjoyed it a little more just because we we had more time to talk. Um, with Bonnie, I was only given a certain amount of time, which I understand she's got a super busy schedule, but it's always nice when you have a longer period of time to talk with someone. And and we really got into some interesting subjects like what it's like growing up in Australia. Uh, we talked about some of the stereotypes, um, but we also just talked about what it's like being in a punk rock band in Australia. So we talk about their newest music video as well that was just released, which is called Life in Three-Part Harmony. It's from their latest EP that was released earlier this year called This Is What Honesty Sounds Like. It's a really great music video, and um, the music video encompasses pretty much missing live music. It encompasses that great spiritual, whatever kind of feeling you want to call it, and actually Brenton describes it very well in this interview. Very poetic way of describing what live music means to him. So I'm going to shut up and we're going to get to my conversation with Brenton Harris of Catholic Guilt. Well, uh, I guess I should say good morning, um, you know, because it's morning where you're at. It's it's like early nighttime for me. So um, welcome to the podcast, Brenton. It's great to have you here, man. Uh, thank you very much. And yeah, it's the uh, it's the pop punk uh, pe- breakfast pizza party over here. <laughs> hey, we uh, we've actually done that quite a few times on previous episodes. There's been some some early rising recordings uh pre-pandemic of course where you know we we'd actually be in the same room and we would be having breakfast pizza and i love breakfast pizza it's so good i don't know if you've ever had it uh of course uh (laughs) of course i have and yes i love it as well (laughs) good good so what is pizza like in australia uh it depends uh, if you're going for a cheap takeout option, like get delivery or whatever, uh, uh-huh. it tends to be the the deep pan kind of vibe. Uh, sure. If you're going for pizza in a restaurant, it'll be more of the traditional Italian thin crust approach because we have a very large Italian influence on the cuisine in Australia. So uh, we tend to follow their lead more so than the American style. Hey, I mean... I can't argue with that. I'm sure it probably tastes better that way. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I can't imagine that the Italians getting food wrong, you know? That's they, just... They don't. <laughs> right. That's, that's what I mean. They just don't... How could they possibly get that wrong? So what is... Are there any, like, interesting pizza combinations in your part of the world? I got to hear about these if there are any. Um... That's a good question. It depends on what your idea of unusual is. I guess this becomes a, a cultural uh, divide because uh, <laughs> in Australia, some things maybe don't seem weird, like 
there's variations on the chicken parmigiana as a pizza. Okay. Uh, so chicken parma pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's variations. There's a place up up the road in Richmond, not far from me, that'll put anything you want on a pizza. That's so I'm awesome. sure they've had some uh, some interesting things. <laughs> like literally uh, anything? Like if you just say, yeah. I want <laughs> I want gummy bears on my pizza. They're going to put gummy yep. bears? too. If they can find gummy bears, gummy bears are going on your pizza. <laughs> it's called I, Mojo's Weird Pizza. Dude, that's awesome. Man, <laughs> if I was there, that would be the first place I would go. If, if my yeah. plane landed there today, that would be, the, I'd be like, all right, take me to the the weird pizza place, please. <laughs> I need to go um, right now. Yeah, there is, I suppose, Aussie as a flavor would be one that you wouldn't have often over there. It's it's kind of like the contents of a typical ham, cheese, pineapple kind of vibe. Okay. Um, but with egg. Oh, okay. That actually, yeah, that sounds good. And bacon. Okay. Hmm. Oh, wow. It's, Man. Yeah, it's like... It's kind of like a mixed grill, but on a pizza. Man, I I totally be down for that too. It, it now yes. now I'm wanting to try some weird combinations on pizzas since you brought up that pizza place. <laughs> and honestly, I kind of want to open up something like that here in my hometown area because that just that just sounds fun. It probably wouldn't be profitable. It'd probably go bankrupt, you know, in a matter of a week or two. But you know, I could give it a shot. It's hospitality. Everyone goes bankrupt within the first couple of weeks of opening a business. <laughs> it's only natural. You're on the right track. You got this. Yeah. Um, 17th times the uh, 17th times the charm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, it was earlier this year that uh, this is what honesty sounds like was released. Um, your uh, it's it actually is it's not your first EP, is it? It's not. It's our second, but it's that's our first to thought. be released uh, in the U.S. Fire label. Um, that's like. what it was. Okay, I was yeah. like, because I because I had seen the word debut around, and I'm like, I don't think it's their debut though. So I wanted to be sure. Um, uh, yeah, I suppose you could call it our independent label debut if you wanted to. There you go. Uh, that, or yeah. our American our American debut because Ameri- the first uh, the first release we put out, uh, Hymn Book Volume One, was entirely uh self-released mm-hmm. um so that sort of built the profile off which uh brought wiretap to the yard to release this is what honesty sounds like uh and that was a deliberate play on our behalf because we were really looking to escape uh the the bubble of uh of the melbourne punk rock scene and get ourselves outwards into a scene we feel is probably more in keeping with uh with what we do in the future or what we will do in the future. Mm-hmm. Is it just to is it just to to spread yourselves out, or is there is something about being in that bubble that just doesn't work well? Um, it's mostly to spread ourselves out. the The scene in in Melbourne is is quite large for a for a city on the other side of the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but and there's also a lot of bands, uh, and it's great. Uh, but when you look at Australia as a market. Uh, you've got seven cities, three of which classify as major, uh, two that which are kind of mid-major cities, and then a couple that barely qualify as cities by any kind of overseas metric. Uh, and they're all spread around about uh, the closest city to Melbourne from from where I live, uh, for example, is Adelaide, and that's a nine-hour drive. Um, wow. And then... The next closest city is Sydney, which is a 10-hour drive. Then the next closest city is Brisbane. That's a two-day drive. So 
uh, just getting to these places can be quite troublesome. And when you've only got seven places to play across 24 million people across an entire continent, uh, it can become quite a challenge to find new ways to promote your music. Yeah. I would, oh gosh, I would imagine, I mean, just the little bit of the stories I've heard from some of the the US-based artists that talked about their tours in Australia and, and how far apart things are and how it's, it's, it's mostly desert, right? I mean... Yeah, um, most of the city, most of the cities are on the east coast of the country or spread around other parts of the, the coast um, and no one lives in the middle, essentially. Um, yeah. that's the outback you see on, uh, adventure shows and stuff like that, or that you saw in Mad Max. Um, that's what about, uh, right. two thirds of the country looks like. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, even when you look on the map, you can just see how the, the cities are laid out, like you were just saying. So, so have, have you ever like said, okay, I'm going to the outback. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to just explore this shit. Like, does anybody do that? Or is it just uh, like everybody else in the planet? Um, no, nah, they do. Uh, people do do it. Uh, I got to say that I've only personally been to, uh, five of the seven states in Australia. Uh, and the two that I haven't been to are where the Outback are, so I can't speak from personal experience what, <laughs> okay. the, uh, what the Outback is like. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been through little bits of the desert, um, but not the actual Outback, but it's definitely on my list of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, another quirk of Australia is that it's actually cheaper to travel overseas than it is to travel within the country. God, that's uh, messed up. Sim- <laughs> yeah, isn't it? It's, it's because we're so close to Asia. And uh, so it's easier for us to go to Bali or to go to Thailand or something on a holiday than it is for us to fly to Perth, uh, which is on the other side of the country. Um, So it's just kind of an interesting vibe where uh, most people end up getting to see the majority of Australia once they become grey nomads. So once they they retire and get a... Uh, Winnebago and go for a (laughs) drive around the country. Yeah, it's pretty much the same here. I mean, you know, it's... it's, I can't tell you how many times um, I've been told by an older person that, oh, you better travel when you're younger because it's much easier. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm also broke and I <laughs> don't have money to travel. So, uh, you know, what am I going to do? Like, I can't <laughs> like I can't fix can't fix that. But that's really interesting that it costs more to to go on any kind of vacation inside the country and it's easier just to go outside of it that's just so messed up i don't think i've ever they'd be like here being like it's cheaper to go to canada to go you know to to have vacation or or go to mexico than anywhere else of course it's completely things are completely spread out differently here cities aren't as far apart yeah so. Yeah, I mean, that's why. And like for a band, as we were touching on, for a band, that creates an issue in that um, when you go on tour, uh, you have to sort of book your tours around weekends because there's very little sense playing weekdays in some of these cities uh, because there's just not the population to, to warrant it and there's nowhere to play in between. Mm-hmm. So you either book it as a road trip where you play small regional towns and also make an effort to take a few days to admire nature, of which there is a lot of beautiful nature in this country, um, or... You uh, fly in, fly out, and yeah. 
hit a couple of markets a week, which mm-hmm. is rad. Uh, it's an awesome way of being able to do things. I'm not complaining about living here. It's an absolutely awesome country to live in. Uh, yeah. And we might touch on some of the reasons why later on. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, we could, I, I would love to hear about it because I mean, I, I don't know a ton about Australia. I mean, I just remember the things I've learned from, you know, being in school and then just things you pick up here and there, you know, so... Um, so it's, it's really cool to, to get to talk to someone from Australia. So, and from a (laughs) kick-ass band too, nonetheless as well, (laughs) um, which, yeah, we should probably talk about that, um, a little more. (laughs) Most of my interviews turn into people asking me questions about Australia. I'm sure it does. I mean, and I, I hope that does, I don't know if that annoys you. And if it does, I can completely like back away from that. You know, it's fine. I promise to filter little facts in towards into the rest of my answers. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes wonder. I I, I interviewed a, a Canadian artist one time, and I after the interview, I'm like, did I ask way too much about Canada? Like, and like I tried to balance it out, but you know, you can't help it. Like you, these things pop into your head while you're talking to someone that's in a completely different country, you know, and and you want to know about these things. So, um, but yeah, so. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, we were we were talking about your um, your second uh, EP. Uh, this is what honesty sounds like. Which, um, if uh, diehard pop punk and pizza fans remember, uh, we did feature a, bo- a boutique affair on the podcast earlier um, this year. On uh, I forget which ten songs episode it was on that I featured it on, but um, literally the song gets stuck in my head all the time. It's such a, a, a great song and a, and a great EP. And what I really like about this EP is like when you hear, like the, the first song I ever heard was a boutique affair. And uh, so when I heard that, I'm like, oh, so I'm going to hear more things like this on the rest of the EP. But when I, I listened to it, I, I didn't hear like, None of the songs sound alike, and I'm not complaining about that. Um, it's just, I feel like it, when you, if you take a, a big stack of EPs and you go through them, I feel like most of the time they're pretty collective works and, and releases. You know, they all kind of sound about the same, but with, um, with your latest EP, it each song is its own story thing it's its own entity almost and that's really cool thanks uh it's deliberate in a way um it is what happens naturally with us as songwriters uh but the actual vision with the ep was to write the songs that best suited the emotion that the lyrics were portraying so uh if we for example the first song you mentioned a boutique affair is a pretty bright sounding uh pop punk song with a bit of a um, bit of a folk punk influence to it as well, uh, and the songs about not being able to make uh, connections with people the older and older you get. Uh, so we decided we would use the music of your teenage youth um, to to uh, express uh, the opposite feeling of of uh, of hopelessness, like uh, as opposed to optimism in finding new friends. Um, because like when you think about all your best summers when you're younger, um, it's always pop punk. It's the soundtrack and that's you hanging out with your friends and whatever else. And here we are hitting our, uh, we're getting a little bit older, uh, and we're realizing that maintaining some of those friendships is quite tricky. 
and forging new ones without certain social interactions or certain clubs can be quite difficult. So we're like, let's give it this real upbeat summer sounding uh, vibe, but have these really introspective kind of lyrics. Um, so uh, that song's pretty Menzinger's influenced in terms of its instrumentation, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, they're <laughs> one of our favourite bands. Um, and uh, it's one of Bryce's favourite bands and he handles most of the uh, the writing of the actual music. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But uh, then the other songs, uh, we just matched the the lyrical narrative to, um, to what vibe would suit the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so you end up with this package that represents all of our different influences and our skill sets. Um, with the unifying characteristic being uh, the way that the lyrics are structured and written um, and the three vocals. Um, so while you say the songs don't sound the same, I think you'd probably be able to pick out they're the same band just based off the fact that the uh, three vocalists being featured have distinctive voices. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it. it you, you can tell it's from the same band. It's just it, it every thing it's just every song is sounds so unique to me and and i really i really liked that about this ep um and you know talking about um showcasing all your different like talents and all the different like genres you're into uh alternative press named you uh as one of the best uh genre bending bands that you've probably never heard of i think that was the title um, yeah, something well, it was yep. yeah something along those lines and so when it comes to that like how do you know when when you're doing something as intense as catholic guilt and p- bringing these genres together how do you know when you're like do you ever get to a point where you're like okay that's too much of this or too much of that like how do you like play that balancing game or do you even attempt that you just let it all come out uh, from my perspective, as the person that's crafting the melodies, the lyrics, um, and some of the skeletal elements of the the, the music, uh, I really don't think about it. I know that sounds weird, but I really don't. Um, sometimes I sit, I think about the way that I'm structuring the lyrics around. Do I want it to have kind of a, a folk punky kind of vibe? Do I want to have a pop punky kind of vibe? Do I think the way that these three sentences have come together suits a certain rhythm? Uh, but in terms of, um, actually calculating, uh, what a song can or can't sound like, or what would be too far from the sound of Catholic guilt, just not something that really enters, uh, the mind. Uh, Bryce might have a different answer to that. Um, when he's, uh, putting together the music, I mean, maybe he has specific things in mind, but it's never struck me as something that he's been setting limitations on Mm -hmm. i'll tell you a bit of a funny story about the ep uh the song the awful the song the awful truth was actually once a hair metal song really yes so i do you have a copy of that because i would love to hear that (laughs) is that anywhere Uh, because i now i want to hear what that version sounds like like what kind uh, of like what kind of hair metal like are we talking like 80s hair metal or like yeah like skid row Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, nice. uh, like Skid Row meets, uh, but then it had a bit of a, a 90s vibe on the vocal um, uh-huh. because I'm not Sebastian Bach. I have a lot more in common <laughs> with the vocals of the 90s. <laughs> I mean, we've both played Jesus in Jesus Christ Superstar, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> and, and your name is Catholic Guilt. Yeah, you but I'm not, um, I'm not Sebastian. 
<laughs> no. But uh, so you played Jesus Christ Superstar? Uh, yeah. <laughs> long, long story short, high school, but uh, but my high school was Catholic. Uh, so I, um, I, I mean, I, I figured in, that uh, came in somewhere with the name. So. Yeah. So I played. Um, I'm an Irish Catholic. That's my upbringing. Um, OK. And uh, like most of Boston. Um, and yes. I, uh, <laughs> yep. I got, um, I got placed in the role of lead in most school, mm-hmm. uh, musicals cause I accidentally discovered I could sing. <laughs> accidentally, huh? Wait, uh, hold on <laughs> one minute. Sorry. Yep. So sorry about that. <laughs> That's all right. My dog, it's- my dog likes to, uh, like, hide under my bed that's like his little cave and so then like when i happen to start doing a podcast and i can't get him out from under there while i'm recording he decides oh i want out of here and of course i have the door closed and so i gotta go open it i should just put a doggy door on my door or something um but um so so you just accidentally so this was in high school uh when in high school were you like uh later in high school or i don't know how uh, so uh middle school by uh american uh terminology i think okay. uh year nine so like your your third step into secondary education okay um yeah and uh i was a drummer um <laughs> really and yeah and my uh my mate uh, froze up on stage when he was meant to be uh, singing a song. Unfortunately, that song was I'm Just a Kid by Simple Plan. Um, <laughs> and, I love uh, this. I instead, love this. Instead of letting him die a death of a thousand stairs, because there was 1,500 kids in this auditorium, uh, I pulled the mic gate around and uh, and gave it a crack. Nice. And that's, how, that's my origin story as a, as a vocalist. <laughs> Thank you, Pierre Beauvais. Yeah, thank you, Pierre. Yeah, it's, it's all like, thanks to you. I don't you. know what it sounded like, like, but I mean, if you can imagine me going, I woke up here with seven, I waited till eleven just to figure out that no one would call, but I was fifteen. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! I when I f- first heard that song, I was not a, a big fan of Simple Plan, but my brother. Mm-hmm would play that song all the time because uh there was a movie called grind i don't know if Mm -hmm. you remember that movie or if that was even you know released in australia but there was a movie called grind and that song was on the soundtrack um and my brother had the soundtrack and he would play it all the time on his stereo in his bedroom so i'd hear it was like Simple Plan, I think Less Than Jake was on the soundtrack, and then I can't remember the other bands, but um, it was, you know, it was a skateboarding movie. So, it, you know, I mean, Simple Plan and Less Than Jake and bands like that fit the bill, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I just was like not a fan. It honestly wasn't until um, probably in my 20s that I didn't like start to get into like actually, <laughs> you know, going out of my way to listen to Simple Plan and yeah. and actually, their their most recent record, I, I pr- I've probably said this a billion times on the show, but 
it's their best record. Um, and I know they're supposed to be putting out a new one soon. So anyway, that's completely off <laughs> yeah. topic. They don't, they don't play, I'll be honest, apart from being the origin story in my uh, vocal, <laughs> my vocal uh, career, uh, they don't play a large part in my, <laughs> in my musical evolution. Uh, it probably goes Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um uh, Punkarama compilations, yes. uh, Fat Rex Survival of the Fattest uh, <laughs> compilations, um, and then a bunch of uh, like Bad Religion uh, against me, uh, all through to now. And then somewhere at the very end of that, you might find a Simple Plan track. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So definitely, yeah, not that they're a bad band. It's just no. it's not my not my thing. Right. Yeah. More into mm. like the the skate punk. Um, you know, and, and Simple Plan is more on the, uh, you know, the mainstream edge of, of poppy, extra poppy punk, you know? Yeah, pop, I suppose I, I, yeah. I, I suppose you found Glory in my equivalent of Simple Plan in my life. Okay. That makes sense. Yep. I mean, mm. I feel like it's that way for most. I feel like if you're a fan, of, like a huge fan of Simple Plan, you're more likely to be like a big fan of... Like all time low, too. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, since yeah. they they both, like I said, they have more pop. I feel like infused into their music more so than than punk. Yeah, and I think what I just said make explains why I'm a massive Wonder Years fan as well. Because uh, it kind of blends all those things together. Uh, yeah, and and also fun fact: Soupy and I are the exact same age. Really. That's yeah, awesome. Born, born 17th of January, 1986. Damn. Did you hit him up and be like, dude, we got the same birthday? Uh, yeah, I mentioned to him at the corner here once, uh, at the at a hotel here where we were, when they were playing. Um, and I'm like, and I've every now and then I'll tweet him on his birthday, uh, letting him know that nothing bad happens. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I didn't realize he was born in 86. Mm, well, I learned this because of a song lyric. Uh he tells you his age and the date 17th of January uh, in one of the songs on the upsides. And I was like, oh, that makes him the exact same age as me. How bizarre. <laughs> that is bizarre. My uh, my oldest brother, Josh, is he's a 86 baby, too, hmm. except he was born in June. So, you know, about six months, six months later. But um yeah. Um, anyway, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> no, it, this it, it just a... that we I, this was this is what happens on the podcast, and that's okay. Yeah. We just get on all all kinds of side shoots. Like I don't even remember. Like so, we we talked about how you were doing this, um, uh, you know, playing drums for your, you know, backing your friend, and then and obviously you stepped in to sing the Simple Plan song, yeah. and that was when like. You're like, okay, I I can sing, I guess. And then, <laughs> you know, then Jesus Christ Superstar came along. And um, have you, did, was that something like you really got into was theater? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so I always really enjoyed drama, but I was actually a sport kid. This might surprise people when they uh, listen to the band or, or see me in person. But I uh, never would have guessed I, either. Yeah, I actually wanted to be in the NBA. Uh, when I was a kid. That's awesome. Uh, so, uh, so I put uh, a lot of effort into trying to be so, only to have genetics make themselves rudely known. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm uh, in your metric, I'm 5'5". Five five. 
uh, <laughs> and weigh 125 pounds or something, 130 yeah. pounds or something. I don't know. Whatever the conversion is. Yeah, right. Um, I was going to say so we got conversions going there because yeah. I'm I'm five foot nine inches. Yeah, but I don't know what that is in you know. Funnily enough, neither do I. So I don't visualize <laughs> height in uh I visualize height in feet and inches because of the fact that I watched so much NBA growing up. Oh. Right? So <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um so I don't visualize it in that way. But yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted it to be in the NBA. But um uh basically once I worked out that wasn't gonna happen, um my 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 great cultural love had always been music and punk rock. Um I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family with a brother who was a teenager when I was three or four years old, which means that I was the first music I was ever exposed to was stuff like Nirvana, Mudhoney, um, and then uh, also at the same time, simultaneously, we had stuff like Bad Religion, Public Enemy, um, uh, what else was going through the house, as well as Australian pub and punk rock as well. Um, mm. So that kind of shaped my musical narrative there, and that that desire to want to be in a band or want to play music was always there. Uh, there was just no way of putting it into action. And then I did a music craft class, which is like a class where everyone just gets to play music um, in groups. Like you form little bands oh, in year cool. nine. Uh, and that's when this kind of musical discovery story happened for me. Um, so Linton Compassi, my old teacher, if you're out there listening for any uh, reason, uh, your encouragement to get me to uh, step up and uh, play drums for everyone. Um, and then <laughs> also uh, sing uh, is the reason why this podcast is happening. So <laughs> yay! You know yay. it's it, it's so funny. I interviewed another um, front man last night, another lead vocalist that also started out being a drummer, and then yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what is with this? This is why we have no drummers in the world. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a singer. They realize how expensive it is to haul to to buy drums and and how you got to haul them around and you know and yeah. you don't get the chicks and that's all it. that. Yeah, that that's it. So you become you know singers instead and guitar players. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, all joking aside, that's that sounds really cool. Um, that that class that you were talking about. Ah, uh, yeah, absolutely wicked, and also a really good way to to uh, to break the uh, the confidence issue that a lot of people have because you get to play in front of other people who are also doing it for the first time, and of course you have your virtuoso kids, um, many of which I went on to be in bands with and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also have you know the people just aren't much good at all, but it doesn't matter. The whole thing is about uh, embracing this this wonderful thing. Uh, live music and live performance, which bridges the gap like nothing else, which is a really good way to get to talk about uh, the recent single "Life in Three Part Harmony." <laughs> it really is, honestly, man. I I feel like maybe you should just lead this, <laughs> man. Se- you you know how to segue there, man. Um, so yeah, "Life in Three Part Harmony." You just released a music video for that. It's uh, an animated music video, which was, in my opinion, done really well, and. It kind of it it well not kind of but it, it completely captures the essence of the the magic of of live music and and you know experiencing um, going to see your favorite band and obviously in this case it's Catholic Guilt hello and um, <laughs> you know and just how there's that that sense of 
community and, and, and sense of loving and, and seeing your friends there or meeting new people there. Um, you know, and, and I mean, I'm sure for you, it's probably one of your happiest places, if not the happiest place for you. It absolutely is my happiest place. It's the only place that's ever made me feel like fully myself. Um, and I continue to think that every time I go to a show, uh, being without shows, not just being able to not being able to play them, but not being able to attend them for the last, uh, the last show I went to see was the Menzingers on the 13th of March. Um, wow. And usually uh, because of what I do for a living, uh, which is I'm a music journalist as well as being um, a uh, writer of other things as well. Um, and a musician, I tend to get, uh, I tend to go to a lot of shows, like hundreds of shows a year. Uh, and add to that playing them, it just feels like I've had this massive part of my personality and of my of my being uh, stripped, I suppose they've kind of taken my church away. If you like it, if mm-hmm. you like, um, yeah. uh, and I, we wanted to sort of capture that feeling, that essence of, um, of finding yourself at a show and realizing that everyone around you is having, is on the same wavelength as you. They could be from so many different walks of life and you might not ever experience something together, but for that, like three, that two hour period, whatever you're at the show, uh, you're experiencing this one truly unique, special thing together and no one can ever take that from you. And I don't think I ever feel more connected with other human beings than, than in that moment. And I know it's the same for the rest of my band. When was the first time that, that you experienced that when you first had that feeling, was it the very first concert that you attended or, or did it take some, some time of attending shows. Cause I mean, a lot of times people's first concert is like, you know, their dad is taking them to see his favorite band or, you know what I mean? Like, it's not always like a band that you're like nuts over, you know? Yeah. I guess this is where the benefit of having teenage siblings uh, comes in. Uh, for me, apart from going to see, uh, I, I never went to see the Wiggles when I was a kid because the Wiggles <laughs> didn't exist when I was a kid. Right, they were just no. starting out. Yeah, they were was, fledgling. Right. they were a fledgling children's band at that point. Right, uh, there was a, a version of that called uh, a guy named Peter Coombe who wrote like these wonderful songs about like belly flopping into a pizza and like uh, <laughs> definitely look I it love up. It. Like it's great. That's my new theme song: flopping yeah. into a pizza. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I've been to see him as an adult, and it's great fun. So that would technically have been my first show, and I'm sure I enjoyed that, but I do not remember it at all. So <laughs> the first show that I do remember, uh, I was uh, 12 years old and I caught the train up to uh, the city um, with my sister, uh, my older sister. And uh, we went to see a bunch of local punk rock bands here. Um, the show was headlined by Body Jar, who had records out in, in the States and had a song on Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 um, called Not The Same. Uh, and that's the first time I remember experiencing this uh, from the very first band that went on, which was a band from Sydney called One Dollar Short. Uh, through the rest of the lineup, I can basically recall every moment of that show, and I can recall being amazed at, at the way that people were stage diving and being and thinking it was so cool that they got caught, and uh, <laughs> and just being like, I'd heard about this stuff obviously because I was super into punk and and stuff like that, and I'd heard from my brother about like going to see. Uh, like friends of Rom or whatever, or, and I'd never actually experienced it myself. And I got there to the show and I was like, wow, I have found my thing. Like 
this is this is what I, I'm meant to do. This is what I live for. Now, it took me another three to four years to work out how you actually do it. And arguably, it took me another 20 years to do it well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that was the moment where I um, I knew, like, and it's never left me. Mm-hmm. Um, my Most of my memories, my relationship with my partner, all the good things you can trace back to my life. I remember sitting at my birthday and I was doing a speech um, and I looked around the room and there was three people in the room that weren't related to me. Uh, that I hadn't met through music and there was over a hundred people in this room. So, uh, of, of all the remainder of my friends that I thought were, were worthwhile being at, at my, my party, uh, every single one of them I'd met through music. And that to me tells me everything I need to know about the moment I found my thing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. That, that definitely says says it all really that's that's your church like you said Mm. you know Um, very much so so when catholic guilt is playing a show and you're on stage you're you know you're in your set you're in your mode your mind is in that headspace like what is what is your favorite thing about playing or what's your favorite thing to do with the audience if if any if there's anything like that i mean the interacting what is the what is your favorite part of that uh so all i've ever wanted to do and i'm sure this is the same for the other guys you'd have to ask them but i i'm sure it's the same for the other guys and i do want to give them a shout out here um my bandmates all of them are wonderful uh people uh ben bryce james and dean all wonderful musicians and wonderful humans who share uh, moral and ethical beliefs that are very uh, in keeping with mine um, and that I couldn't be having this conversation without them. I'm simply not skilled enough of a musician to have put this together without their input. Uh, and so one of my favorite things is getting to look around and be surrounded by those those guys on stage. Like it feels so complete and so organic. And I've known Bryce since he was 15 years old singing in an emo band. Um, and to be able to get to do that with him and be able to be up on a stage achieving our teenage dream together, that feels wonderful every time. So that's definitely a highlight. But from a personal perspective, the thing that I love the most about that is all I ever wanted to do as a musician is write one song that influenced another person and helped another person the way that other music helped me. Because growing up was hard. Uh, Stuff happens to everybody. Everyone has their own, their troubles and whatnot. Um... And for me, uh, music was the thing that kept me from descending into a spiral of darkness um, and helped me stay on top of my mental health. Uh, And so I remember being the person on the other side of the barrier, watching a band that they love, singing the words to a song and having the singer acknowledge them and like sing it back to them and then them share in that little moment. That moment is my favorite thing on stage. If I see somebody singing along to the words of a song that I've wrote and I see them connecting in some way to the emotion and you can see that look in their eye, that that's the thing that I love the most about playing live um, is getting to share in that uh, emotional connection with uh, what could be a relative stranger. And I love meeting people and hearing their stories um, afterwards as well. We're not one of those bands that, I mean, we're not big enough to do this anyway, but we're not one of those bands that would just uh, bail on a show and not talk to people. As far as I'm concerned, just like you are now, if you have the time to spend uh, absorbing my art, 
um, and you're going to give me the most finite resource resource on earth, which is time, and you're going to dedicate that to looking to my art, then I'm going to give it back to you. And I want to have that that connection. So that's the easiest way to achieve that is on stage and having that moment. But just in general, the whole thing, man, if I'm being honest, like I could talk for hours about <laughs> the magic of live music. Um, I'm basically a live music evangelist. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it. And uh, that, that just means, you know, well, I guess, I mean, technically you guys are playing a show coming up and I bet you're just elated. Like, I mean, well, well yeah, we are elated. Um, <laughs> you're just sorry, like, just, you're not going to be able to contain yourself. You're just going to like shoot through the roof <laughs> once it happens. For anyone, yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, listening to the podcast, um, Australia isn't being reckless in, in doing this. I just want to be uh, very open in this. None of us are being reckless in making a decision to play a show. This isn't like those festivals you've seen in certain parts of the US with certain subsects where they're playing shows with people without masks in public, without social distancing. That's not what's going on over here. Um, the city we live in, Melbourne, has had 33 straight days of zero community transmission. Um, wow. and zero active COVID cases. That's pretty um, amazing. Exact so opposite of what's going on here right now. <laughs> yeah. So after a very strict lockdown, um, we've effectively eliminated COVID-19 in our community. Um, having Keeping that in mind, there are still very strict restrictions on number of people that can attend a show and how those shows are run. For example, everyone at this show has to sit down. Um, they're not allowed to get up. Masks are required. Um, except for when you're eating or drinking. Um, and there's a, everyone gets, um, everyone's details are recorded. Uh, and then if there's a reported COVID case or uh, everyone would have to go into, uh, into quarantine until they're, until they're cleared of the virus. Um, so it's all very safe and above board and in line with, uh, with the COVID requirements. But even with those parameters, we're very, very excited to be playing a show. We get to play in front of what we would consider to be approximately 100 of our best, uh, our favorite fans, our biggest fans, uh, and we get to do so in a way that's an entirely new experience for us. We've never played a sit-down show before. We're a punk band, man. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So we've we've decided to take the mickey out of it a bit, or, uh, and uh, we are calling it a fancy-as-fuck punk rock show. Uh, <laughs> so we're dressing up in uh, suits. Nice. Um, and treating it as a cabaret performance. Yeah. Uh, so um, everyone's got table service for drinks and stuff, like it's a Vegas club. Uh, so Because that's how it has to run. Right. Um, and yeah. people will be able to purchase uh, signature drinks uh, from the bar called Unholy Water. <laughs> yes i mean it has to be it has to be yeah. unholy water it's catholic guilt yeah. i love it called called unholy water um and we'll be giving away prizes for best dressed uh and we're really encouraging people to uh to make a make the most of what's a very unique and, and unusual opportunity um we may be involving a piano at points um which is the first thing for for us as a band. Um, and yeah, just in general, it's going to be a really fun night and a good test case to see how, um, how things might work in, in 2021. Uh, yeah. and I really hope that as a, as a country, uh, the U S and as well, uh, Europe as a continent, uh, over overseas as well can, uh, can get to this point where, it, where it's possible to do these things. Um, because all it takes is a strong leadership and a community connection. Um, <laughs> Uh, you need to give a fuck about other people. 
Yes. Yeah. It's, it's just so messed up, man. I, I don't even know. I just, I can't control what others do. So I just do what I can do. And, and that's, that's your responsibility ultimately. Yeah. Uh, and if you're doing the right thing, then surely someone else will do the right thing and someone else will do the right thing. Now there's a number of parameters regarding population and, and culture and, uh, and the differences between, uh, welfare systems and stuff. Um, that make it much more difficult in the US, but I really do hope you get there soon because uh, we were supposed to be over there. Oh, right, for Fest, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were supposed to be over playing for the wonderful people of uh, Florida uh, mm-hmm. as well as several other states that we were going to hit on a on a tour related oh, to, man. to Fest. So yeah. hopefully that can still happen in 2021. I hope uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's... You know, it's not looking very good at the moment. I'm not trying to be pessimistic at all. I'm just trying to be realistic. Um, But I really hope it does, um, because that would be great for you, for the band to finally land on American soil. So especially considering U.S. is our best market. Um, So Australia I hate talking about markets in that way, but that's the, <laughs> but the that's, industry. That's the way the industry talks, right? right. Speaks these days. Uh, yeah. So pretend I'm got, pretend I've got my manager's hat on right now, not that I'm <laughs> talking as the <laughs> as the band. Um, but yeah, uh, for for us, just by nature of what we do and the music we play and the bands that we're influenced by, uh, a lot of our music appeals to people over in the United States and Canada. Yeah. Um, so just North America in general. Uh, and getting a chance to go over there and play has been a dream of everyone in our bands for the entire time we've been alive. Uh, so stepping foot on soil, particularly in California to start with, cause, uh, wiretap are based in, in LA, um, is going to be a dream come true. The moment I walk on, like, as far as I'm concerned, the minute I walk on stage in LA or at fest in Florida or anywhere, I've beaten music. That's me winning. Like <laughs> that's that's awesome. It's that's a, that's flattering. That's very flattering yeah, to know. Well, it's because over here, man, like we got we our bands that we get, like the culture we're exposed to, mm-hmm. uh, is a combination of the English culture, the American the English pop culture, the American pop culture, and Australia has its own its own pop cultural um, elements as well. And the music is very much the same. Mm-hmm. So for a yeah. punk rock kid, uh. I listened to the same bands as you did growing up. Like right. I list, I I saw the same tours written about in alternative press and and um and other mags like that. Uh, Kerrang, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading about the Warp tour, and I'm I I went to the Warp tour when I was younger, for example. Like, yes. and that was the dream, you know. Like, and so Warp doesn't exist anymore, but mm-hmm. like it's still the dream to play that kind of uh, that kind of festival because that's always been the home ground of this music. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I agree with that, man. Well, I my fingers are crossed for you that that it's going to happen. So, that you'll you'll eventually make it over here and if you make it into the Chicago area, that's where I'm at. So, funnily enough, one of my favorite cities on the planet, Chicago. That's um, awesome, man. Thank you. I love it, dude. Uh uh I checked it out because Laura lives there from against me. Yes. Um but uh but 
I fell in love with the place uh, when I was there. Um, so much like Soupy, I am a massive pro wrestling geek. Um, and <laughs> I uh, I came over one year for uh, NXT uh, TakeOver Chicago. Did you uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I was doing funny. other things. I was doing other things as well, but we made uh-huh. a two-day trip through Chicago. Do you remember you guys had this, like, really strange weather pattern where it was, like, uh, in Australian speak, Celsius, it was like 39 degrees and then like 40 something degrees a couple of years back. Um, and those were, the, those were the days I was there to watch a pro wrestling event out in uh, <laughs> out at uh, Allstate. <laughs> OK, yeah, there there's our weather patterns are so weird, <laughs> especially in the Midwest. Um, yeah. Yeah. In Chicago, anywhere in the Midwest, it's just like. It could be, there could be a blizzard out right now and the next day it'll be 50 degrees or 55, 60 degrees and sunny. And it's like, what the hell is this? You know, it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but that's, <laughs> that's what it's we bizarre. were given. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're well, known kind for. Of the same, it's kind of the same in Melbourne. Uh, we have, we're known as a city that has four seasons in one day and that can actually happen and does quite regularly. That's uh, what happens here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you better leave the house with a, with a windbreaker, a pair of shorts, a pair of jeans, some weatherproof, a weatherproof jacket as yeah. well. Like, uh, take everything with you, like a wardrobe, just a carry on bag to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to go to the shops. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun though, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's also what stops the city from getting immensely overpopulated. It's <laughs> it's one of the uh, of the raddest cities in the world, I think, where we live, um, and uh, the population is probably not as big as it should be. It is quite large; it's four point six million people. Uh, yeah, that's but, large, um, but not as big as it could be because people are too scared of the winter. <laughs> well, I can't blame them because winters are pretty brutal here. So, yeah, you know, I, we can I can relate with that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, Chicago's rad. Uh, shout out to uh, Dark Matter for being one of my favorite coffee companies in the entire planet. Uh, and um, shout out to uh, to the lovely people at all the museums, art galleries, and uh, and some of the venues as well. well, well um, thanks, and man. championship final, championship yeah. final. <laughs> Well, I hope uh, I hope I can make it out to Australia one day. Probably when I'm like seventy years old, I'll be I'll be able to afford to to go to Australia. It's but, okay. I'll, um, we can we can uh, we can pimp out our Winnebagos and we can uh, we can drive together, cranking uh, yes. cranking simple plan. And, uh, yeah, simple plan. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I was a kid. I guess. I was I don't a know. kid. Uh, yeah. The the new version. It's on the, the greatest hits album. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, um, uh, that's uh, that's pretty much time, man. So anything else? Um, I yeah. mean. You wanna you wanna leave with? Yeah, I suppose I should talk a little bit more about the EP or whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> but if people want to know who the hell this has been blabbing endlessly about about things, uh, I'm Brenton. I sing in the Melbourne punk rock band Catholic Guilt. Uh, we have an EP called "This Is What Honesty Sounds Like." It is out now via all digital outlets, thanks to Wiretap Records. Uh, so far we have had a good response and we've released, uh, four videos to go with the tracks and we have a fifth video coming sometime in February for the final track on that. Nothing. 
Uh, if you're looking for a recommended if you like element of this, uh, we get told we are recommended if you like pretty much every band in the punk rock genre at certain points in time. Uh, but if I was to nail it, asked to nail it, I would say the Menzingers, the Wonder Years, um, and then a bunch of 2000s emo bands. Uh, had okay. a baby and raised it in Australia. So you get, uh, <laughs> so like you get the accents. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you're running the gamut from nineties emo through to, uh, through to modern pop punk, post hardcore folk punk, etc. Um, if it's been a music genre in the alternative scene in the last, it's in the Catholic last guilt, 20 years, it's Catholic guilt. And I don't care if that's confusing because that's the only way that music makes sense to me. Yeah. Anymore, uh, man. But you guys do it well, man. The whole genre bending thing. You guys, you guys do it well. Uh, thanks. Uh, I must say, I've, I really enjoyed listening to some of the uh, episodes of this podcast uh, over the last couple of months. Um, oh, thanks, I, the man. First, the, I've gone and done a bit of a deep dive on them. The first, uh, the first podcast I listened to was actually the one with Bonnie from Stand Atlantic. Um, okay. And uh, I, I really appreciated the a lot of her story of what she was talking about um, regarding them uh, stepping outside of Australia and looking to uh, to find this this home overseas. Um, because for what they do, the market here isn't, isn't huge. Um, yeah. It was really interesting to me. And, uh, it's nice to see, uh, bands. I love it when bands don't just settle for, um, don't just settle for being beneath where they believe they should be. Mm -hmm. Like I like seeing bands actually take a crack, uh, because, uh, yeah, time's the most finite resource we have. Um, yes. so seeing people make the most of it like that. And that band has blown up and it's, it's really great to see. Yeah. It's amazing, man. From like the moment I first learned about them, uh, to now it's just like, you know, like when, when I first heard about them, there wasn't really anyone that like knew about them, you know, um, mm. like four, you know, four years ago or whatever. Um, and then it just in that time, it's just amazing how, how they've, you know, Oh, they've made made a name for themselves. So and and Catholic guilt, man. I'm rooting for you guys. So you got my support. Thank you very much. And yeah, yeah thanks for having me on the pod, man. It's yeah, of it's course. been a great time. And and um, thanks oh, for and the I, go ahead. I bet I better do this. Uh g'day, mates. Uh <laughs> <laughs> g'day, mates. Crikey. Uh, <laughs> do all the generic call, Australian call that, a, call that a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> I fucking love that um, movie. Yeah, um, you call um, that a knife? Yeah, you call that a knife? This is a knife. I see you played Knifey Spoonie before. Uh, <laughs> oh, you got to do uh, Foster. Don't forget Foster now. Oh, Fosters. <laughs> no yeah. one here drinks it. Just to FYI, everyone, everyone over in the US, don't get conned. No one in Australia thinks putting glucose syrup in a beer is a good idea. Okay? There is glucose syrup in Foster's and there shouldn't be. It's an insult to beer. Beer has four freaking ingredients. If you put more than that in it, it's not beer. Yeah, but then again, I must pronounce beer. Beer. Be uh, <laughs> yes. Foster's. Yeah. Foster's. And yes, uh. I did ride a kangaroo to work. I do have a crocodile as a pet. Uh, dingoes. <laughs> A dingo did eat my gummy bear. Um, <laughs> what else, man? Um, and uh, and of course, the only Australian artist that's ever existed is ACDC. 
Um, no other, no and other Gautier, band apparently. Right? Isn't Gautier? And Gautier, Gautier, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. forget about the forget about the fact that uh, there's hundreds of thousands of great Australian <laughs> Australian bands. We'll just pigeonhole us as Akadaka and Gautier. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can think of some others too. Yeah. Fun way to finish the podcast. If you want to hear some more Australian bands, I can go through and recommend some if people are interested in listening to some good Australian pop punk. Uh, listen to our friends Del Santo. They are a fun uh, fun ska punk band. Uh, she is uh, the, the drummer, Sunny, is in the video clip for A Boutique Affair. Um, oh, that's and cool. Then af- yeah. And then after that, uh, if you're looking for like the formative influences of our band, maybe go have a listen to, uh, to Body Jar, uh, Friends of Rom, uh, The Living End. Um and uh, in a modern context, absolutely listen to yours truly, Stand Atlantic. Um, wonderful bands. Uh, and that's it. I'm going to shut up and let you do your job. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you so much, Brent. That was a lot of fun, and you totally cracked me up there. <laughs> the, had to get all the Australian stereotypes out of the way. That was great. <laughs> that's it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go hug my koala. See ya. <laughs> Oh, God, you're killing me. All right, man. Well, go hug your koala, all right, and, and drink your fosters and play with your knife and, uh, yeah, and ride your kangaroo back to work. Oh, God. All right, dude. Well, this right. was fun. Thank you so much for uh, for being on, and, and uh, I, I look forward to, to hearing more from Catholic Guilt in the future, man. I look forward to writing more. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Thank you, thank you so much to uh, Brenton Harris of Catholic Guilt for being on the podcast with me. He really had me—he <laughs> had me dying there at the end of uh, <laughs> that episode with all of his. Uh, oh, I'm gonna go cuddle my koala and uh, play with my knife. <laughs> um, so. If you uh, want to, uh, which you should, um, want to learn more about Catholic Guilt, you can uh, go to their official website, which is catholicguiltmusic.com, and you can get uh, all the information there. 
uh, links to their social media accounts and all that fun stuff. And also make sure you go to YouTube and check out that music video that we were just talking about, uh, which is called Life in Three-Part Harmony. It's a really cool animated music video, and it'll, uh, it might make you tear up, honestly, seeing that the music video encompasses that uh, talking, well, not talking about it, but showing um, being at a concert and what that's like. And we all, <laughs> we all miss it, right? We all miss that spiritual feeling of being at a concert, watching your favorite band with other mega fans of that band. As Brenton said, there's just no other feeling like it in the world. So hopefully live music will resume soon. Obviously, it's resumed a little bit in Australia, but here in the U.S., not so much. I've seen some cover bands playing here and there, but other than that, it's just live streams. So we just got to keep social distancing ourselves and wearing masks and washing our hands and all that fun stuff. So once again, catholicguiltmusic.com. And I also want to thank Mike of Earshot Media for setting up this interview as well. Mike is is a great guy. If you're looking for a publicist who knows their stuff, hit up Mike of Earshot Media. I, I highly recommend him. Um, not to discredit any other publicist I work with. I work with so many great publicists, but he's definitely one of the great ones on my list. So that's it for this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. I am Jacques Lamour, your host, forever grateful that you downloaded this podcast and gave it a chance today. If this was your first time, thank you so much. I encourage you to go back and catch up on previous episodes of the podcast, which you can do so pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. We were just added to iHeartRadio, which we were on iHeartRadio before, but it was under the Bangarang radio name. But now it's just under the Pop Punk and Pizza name, so you can look there. And if you could drop us a positive rating or review wherever it is that you listen to this podcast, that would be great as well. If you're looking to support the podcast in another way, please buy something at our merch store at poppunkpizzapod.com. And at checkout, use that promo code POPPUNK to get $2 off your order. And if you're trying to get in contact with in contact with me about having your music played on the podcast or maybe you're a publicist or a manager whoever you are and you're trying to pitch your artist to the podcast you can fill out a form at poppunkpizzapod.com as well or you can just shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com with links to your music your epks press pages press releases whatever you got throw it my way and I will get uh, back to you as, as soon as I can. Sometimes I get a little swamped on emails. So um, it doesn't hurt to also check back in with me if you haven't heard from, if, if you haven't gotten a reply from me in like 10 days or something, feel free to reach back out because sometimes I'll, I'll miss an email or I read it and I forgot to reply, something like that. So um, I look forward to uh, getting your emails, bangerang radio at gmail.com you can also keep up to date on the podcast on twitter facebook instagram at pop punk pizza pod and we do have the facebook group as well which is pop punk and pizza club and you can vote for your favorite song from the 10 songs for december 2020 episode which is also a part of the pop punk and pizza 
Spotify playlist. Um, every month, I put 10 new songs for you to listen to on there. And you can vote for your favorite one, and the song with the most votes actually stays on the playlist for another month. So I, uh, I hope you've been enjoying that playlist, by the way. There's also a, another playlist that I just started called As Heard on Pop Punk and Pizza podcast that you can give a listen to as well. So I hope you, your family, your friends are all staying safe and healthy this holiday season. I feel like it's not so much avoiding COVID. It's more or less trying not to completely lose your mind. So it's always a good idea to check in with your family and friends. And if you ever need just someone to talk to, you can always reach out to me as well because I'm here for you. I know what it's like. We're all going through the same thing. So um, have a great uh, couple days. And I will be back here um, on Thursday, December 15th. Actually, I don't know why I said December 15th. It's not the 15th. It's uh, December 10th. Our next episode is dropping with Drew Conti of I Call Fives. So that'll be dropping uh, here in just a couple days. So I'll talk to you then. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.